How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Boji Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in and, you know, taking the time out to uh, to listen to what I have to say. I appreciate all the feedback and love I'm getting from you guys each and every week. And, uh, you know, I'm going to continue to strive to give you good content each and every week. And uh, hopefully we can do better than we did last weekend. We went one and three last weekend, looking to do better this weekend. Uh, with that being said, I'll jump right into the show. I hope you guys tuned in on Tuesday. Tuesday was actually a good show. I had my buddy Matt, or excuse me, Adam Brown on the show, and we discussed uh, NFL football. Today, I have a really good show as well. One of my really good friends, and a guy that was in my wedding, and a guy that I played alongside, you know, on the football field with at Peru State College, Mr. Matt O'Neill. How's it going, Matt? Oh, it's going great, Bo. Thanks for having me on. Uh, greetings from Ventura, California. Uh, really excited to uh, make you and your listeners uh, some money this weekend. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. And I was just thinking, man, it's it's been probably a little over a year now that you and I and Joe Crot, or excuse me, Joe Hobart and Hayden Crotner have been doing the betting thing where we bounce ideas off of each other, and it's become like a regular. Th- a regular thing now, right? Absolutely, man. I mean, it's one of those things, you know, sometimes when, uh, you know, when you leave college or you, you, you know, get away from your hometown, one of those things that keeps you connected is, uh, you know, similar interests, video games, sports, stuff like that. And the sports betting stuff has really kind of kept us connected, man, kept us in touch. Um, you know, not only do we talk sports, but we also talk our lives, stuff like that. Um, but man, sports betting has been a real blessing with, uh, you know, just keeping us all together and keeping us in the same place, man. Absolutely, man. It's yeah. Like I said, it's been a weekly thing, you know, bouncing ideas and bets off of each other. And, you know, with that being said, we'll jump right into the picks, man. And I, for me, I just want to know who you like this week, as far as college football, we'll get into the NFL as well, but college football, give me your two, two or three best picks of the day. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to start off here. Um, you know, I'm really looking at uh, Clemson, uh, Clemson and Virginia Tech uh, today. Uh, you know, Clemson uh, came out in the beginning of the week. Uh, they started off at a, as a uh, 22 point favorite um, on the book that I use. Um, they are still 22 point favorites. Um, against this Virginia Tech team. Um, and the reason I like Clemson and the reason obviously that, you know, everyone loves Clemson is they're, a, you know, a national contender, always in every game. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I start my analysis with this one. I, I don't like comparing wins. I don't think that's a very uh, effective way of measuring a football team. Uh, however, looking at the way that Clemson absolutely handled Pitt um, you know, coming off that loss to, uh, to my Irish, um, you know, I, I see a very similar outcome uh, when it comes to Clemson and Virginia, uh, Virginia Tech, excuse me, especially uh, when you see that Virginia Tech, the, pr- uh, the previous week got absolutely worked by that same Pittsburgh team that the Tigers just routed, um, mm-hmm. you know, to add, to add on to that Virginia Tech, you know, they are ranked 89th in passing yards allowed, uh, giving up an average of about 12 yards of completion. Um, and while Clemson uh, on the offensive side of the ball with Trevor Lawrence attempts about 44 passes a game. So I, I think if you give, you know, the future number one draft pick that many opportunities to drop back and pick this weak pass defense apart, 
Um, it's not really a matter of if he'll take advantage. It's going to be a matter of how bad is he going to make this Virginia Tech secondary look. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm, I usually try to stay away from big spreads like this, minus 22. Um, but I think Clemson covers this spread. And I even think they probably cover it up to 28 or 29 points. Okay, yeah, that, I totally agree with that. I mean, especially, I mean, uh, Tyler Lawrence or Trevor Lawrence, excuse me, came back last week, looked really good. And, I mean, don't forget they have Travis Etienne, the All-American running back as well. I mean, they their mm-hmm. offense is just loaded with firepower. Virginia Tech's defense, like you were saying, is at best suspect. I mean, they're, right. they're giving up 30-plus points to Liberty. And I know Liberty's a good team, but they're an independent. They're a lower echelon football team that Virginia Tech should destroy. Yeah. And obviously, they, they lost that game. And I just feel like Virginia Tech, they're good one week, and then the next week they get dominated by Pitt, like you said. And, you know, I, I really think, yeah, that's that's a good bet, and I might hop on that that one this week with you but uh what's your what's your second one you're looking at absolutely so um the second one i'm looking at uh you know and the one i feel really confident in uh for this saturday is the alabama versus lsu under okay uh that line i originally looked at it on wednesday um i grabbed this line at 67 and a half um, it has since moved to 65, which leads me to believe I'm kind of heading in the right direction here. Mm-hmm. Um, but LSU has, you know, uh, LSU has undoubtedly looked like a different team this year. Obviously, from their um, stellar performance last year is, you know, could argue one of the greatest college football teams of all time. Um, so, you know, it's, it is a rivalry game, you know, big, big SEC matchup here. Um, I see LSU keeping it semi-close in the first half, uh, but, you know, that war of attrition will kick in in the second half, and I think Alabama pulls away. I can kind of see a final score of like 45 to 17, um, and I think that still falls under um, kind of the the under 65. Uh, so I feel confident. I still feel confident in that play, even though the line has moved a little bit. Um, I think the under – is the right pick here. Uh, and I absolutely hate betting unders. So uh, yeah. it says a lot. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, the, it's, it's moving in the direction you want it to move, which is downward. That means, you know, that you're getting some good value on that, on that under. So, and yeah, I mean, LSU coming off a loss where they only scored seven points to, I'm not going to, I mean, a really, really good Texas A&M defense but this is the same defense that gave up 52 points to Alabama and got worked by Alabama. So I, I don't see this game being close. I could see LSU, you said 17 points scored. I could say maybe even lower than that, maybe yeah. two garbage touchdowns in the, at the end of the game. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the value there at that underplay. I agree. I agree. All right. Do you have any other college football games? Uh, I do have one. Uh, I do have one more. Uh, I have uh, my last one uh, that I have for today is the uh, the Texas A&M Aggies uh, coming into uh, Auburn and taking on Gus Malzone uh, and the Auburn Tigers. Here's the thing, man. This pick, uh, you know, really does not have a lot. Uh, I don't have a lot of analytics to back this pick. Um, you know, it, this pick has more to do with the eyeball test for me. Um, you know, watching that, uh, watching Gus Malzone in this Auburn program, uh, and watching that Iron Bowl last week, 
Um, I just saw a team. Uh, I saw they weren't outclassed by Alabama. They have similar athletes. Um, you know, I, I just saw a team that, you know, looked uninspired. That looked like during a rivalry game, they looked, um, you know, like they were kind of just going through the motions. And obviously they were being dogged by Bama's defense, which is, again, a, you know, a great defense this year. Um, but, you know, anytime a team walks into a rivalry game and doesn't kind of get up to that occasion, um, you know, it kind of it kind of causes me to lose a little faith here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grabbed this line at minus seven earlier this week. It has since moved to minus five and a half in favor of A&M. Um, I, you know, I, I like the number even more now. I still think they cover seven, um, but, you know, it's always tough walking into Auburn and getting a win. Um, I'm a little less confident on this one, but I still think AM takes it on the road here, and I think they cover uh, that seven-point uh, spread, and now, in this case, that five-and-a-half-point spread. Okay, yeah, I can see that happening. And, you know, the big thing with me, I know Texas A&M defense is going to show up, and especially against an Auburn team with Bo Nix, a quarterback, sophomore, he's he's – you know, he played better last year as a freshman, in my opinion. I mean, the offense is kind yeah. of struggling, and Texas A&M defense is really good. Uh, it's a matter of if their offense can show up. I think I don't think it's a, a shootout per se, but I think yeah, it'll uh, hopefully the seven hits for you, seven or above. But uh, I, I just think it's a matter of if the Texas A&M offense shows up for you. Absolutely. All right, so I take it that's it. That's all the college plays you got this week. That's all I got for college plays, man. What do you? Uh, what are you looking at? College plays. All right. So the first one I was looking at actually got canceled on me. It was uh, the Coastal Carolina versus Liberty game, and mm. I I believe Liberty had some COVID issues. So um, I'm talking last minute. I think this was two days ago where BYU jumped in and said we'll play them, and they accepted. So this is gonna be. It's it's Coastal Carolina versus Liberty, or excuse me, versus BYU, and BYU is ten point favorites. I got them at ten. It's funny because I was originally going to go with Coastal Carolina to cover the number against Liberty because they've been my boys all year. They're eight and one against the spread this year, and I just think they're they're under prepared for a BYU team that is hungry right now. That the BYU team is nine and zero as well. And obviously, mm-hmm. they don't. Both teams don't have a lot of film on each other because they just scheduled the game. But BYU has, in my opinion, a top five defense in all of college football this year. And their quarterback Zach Wilson is an absolute beast. Twenty three, excuse me, thirty two touchdowns, only two interceptions. This is a game where I think Coastal does not cover. I'm, I'm going against my boys all year, and I think Coastal Carolina. Loses by more than 10. I think BYU is a really underrated team that kind of got screwed by the BCS uh, committee in, in their ranking. Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, and, and it's funny. It's funny that you say that I, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at these two teams and, and like you said, you've been riding uh, coastal Carolina, you know, all season sending us, sending us uh, the spread for those guys. And I really haven't, um, you know, I haven't watched too much coastal Carolina film. Um, but I, I have a question for you. Do you think if BYU has kind of a convincing win over this 9-0 and Coastal Carolina team, do you think that does anything, um, you know, for their, uh, for their playoff chances? Because the biggest knock on BYU is their strength of schedule. They haven't yeah. played anyone. 
Um, do you think that a, a convincing win over Coastal Carolina, do you think that that puts them kind of um, in a better position to make a case for, for going to the, the, the college football playoffs? I absolutely think it makes a case for them, but will it happen? I don't think so. I think they're ranked 13th right now. There's no way they're going to jump that far. They're going to get a BCS New Year's Bowl, which I think is a good season for BYU, but mm-hmm. they're not going to get a playoff. They can, I mean, their best win, if they beat Coastal today, that would be their best win, but their best win as of right now is University of Houston. I mean, that's not a great win at all. Yes, they're yeah. killing team. Yes, they're blowing teams out as they should, but until you get somebody, I was really hoping BYU would play Washington because that would have been a really good, convincing Power Five win. They still yeah. haven't played any Power Five conference teams. You know, it's it's a case where I think BYU is kind of like the UCF team a couple years back when they went undefeated. Yeah, yeah. they're going to miss out on the playoffs, but do I think they could compete with a team like Ohio State? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, the, the self-proclaimed uh, national champions, yeah. UCF, from a couple of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm taking uh, – I hate to do it, but, yeah, like I said, going against my boys from Coastal Carolina. Uh, the I, next- like, I like that pick. I, I, think, I think BYU has displayed incredible poise. I think, they, I think, like you said, they have a great defense. Uh, I like that pick a lot. Yeah, not to mention most of the, the players are probably – two or three years older than everybody else on the football field. <laughs> they got to complete their religious duties before they do any type of football plays. So we'll see, we'll see how that plays out. But, uh, the, the next game I like here is this one. I mean, it's, it's kind of like you were saying, like the eye test, but I mean, I did some research on it too. Penn state minus 10 versus Rutgers. And I know Penn state is one in five this year and they, I don't just looking at their games though that should not be the record I mean I know your record is who you you are who your record says you are but Penn State I mean they outgained yardage 250 against Nebraska I mean they should have beaten Nebraska they competed against Ohio State they absolutely dismantled Michigan last week and they just have a couple other losses that just don't make sense to me I mean their offense can move the ball their defense is really suspect this year but Rutgers I don't think they can score enough points. You know, I'm looking, and I think Penn State's coming off that, that good win against Michigan. I think they're riding high from that win. They're banged up still, but they're getting starting to get a little more healthy. And if you just look at talent, just base it all on talent, Rutgers can't even stand on the same field as Penn State. I just think Penn State gets right this week, and I'm taking the minus 10. That's a little risky bet, but I'm taking a minus 10. And we'll see what happens, I guess. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm seeing my, on my book minus 11 and a half. So I think that's a good spot to be in with the minus 10. You know, a two-score game, um, you know, are they are they at – I think they are at – They are, yeah. They're at, at Rutgers. Um, but, you know, that's the other thing with this season, with, with it being so wacky with COVID is, um, you know, that, that you know, quote-unquote home field advantage really isn't the same. Um, as it used to be. So, yeah, I like that pick a lot. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah, like you said with the home field, I mean, if you, if you got a, a Texas school going up to New Jersey this time of year, that might be a home field advantage because of the weather. But it's a Pennsylvania school going to a New Jersey school. I mean, they're right next to each other. I don't think the home 
home and away thing is going to matter that much. But, yeah, Penn State minus 10 against Rutgers. And then uh, my third and final bet for college football is actually a parlay. And you know me. I don't really do dig into parlays that much. But this is, uh, this is this is uncharted territory for you, bud. <laughs> but uh, it's a, I got a three-team parlay just to spice things up a little bit. I got Oregon State in a teaser, which I explained what a teaser was. It's basically you're you're getting less value for a score that you absolutely don't think that they'll lose by. So basically they're minus 20 and a half. At the regular line, they're minus 11. So I'm getting them at minus 20 and a half with a teaser against Utah. I'm getting Oklahoma State, excuse me, Oregon State's plus 20 and a half, plus 20 and a half against Utah. Uh, I'm getting Oklahoma State minus two and a half versus TCU, and I'm getting Boston College money line over Virginia. I believe Boston College is a four-point dog as of right now. You know, looking at these, I didn't just throw three teams together and, you know, come up with a parlay. You know, Boston College, they, they took Clemson to the wire. Uh, I think their offense is underrated. You know, they mm-hmm. played with Notre Dame a little bit. Absolutely. Obviously, Notre Dame pulled away, as good teams do. But, you know, I think Boston College, to be to be down to a Virginia team, to, to be a, an underdog against a Virginia team that's just been so inconsistent this year, it's it's baffling to me. I'm, I'm, I think that's easy money, money line play. Um, yeah. Looking at uh, Oklahoma State, they're coming off a good win where they dominated offensively. And, uh, you know, that's rare for this team. You know, they, they finally got their offensive groove last week. I think they continue to play well. And uh, looking at Oregon State, you know, they just came off a, a good win against their rival, Oregon. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're playing well. I mean, they're only three games into the – or four games into the year now. But, I mean, that that that's a program-changing win last week. And I think they're going to come – you know, they're, they're still going to be high off that game. Give me Oregon State. I, I can't see them losing by three touchdowns against Utah. Utah is yeah. very, you know, played very underwhelming this year. So, yeah, I mean, I watched a good chunk of that that Oregon State game last week in the in, in the Fog Bowl, and uh, I mean, they just looked. And you know, granted, it's a rivalry game. You're up. You're hyped. Um, but you know, they they exhibited a. Uh, they exhibited a, a a tenacity, you know. They they were never they were never out. I felt like they were never out of the game. They were just you know biding time and clawing back into it. And I think that uh, that grit kind of will keep you in games. Uh, so I don't. I also don't see them losing by three touchdowns. Uh, I think the Oklahoma State picks a great pick. Um, you know, coming off coming off beating Texas Tech. Um, I, I think it's a good parlay, man. I think it's a great teaser too. So buying those extra points, adding that extra value. Um, I think it's a good play. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, like like I said, I mean, when we're throwing around picks every single week, you never see me play a teaser or, excuse me, a teaser or a parlay. But, uh, you know, I got a good feeling about this one. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's a $10 bet. You win $59 if you, if you get it. So $10, I'm okay with losing $10. $59 on a $10 bet is is great uh, any day of the week. Though. Yeah, that's, so, that's excellent value. So – That'll uh, do it for my picks, and I think that'll do it for the college football games. I think uh, we both did our research, uh, you know, the due diligence on our research, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens throughout the day, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. All right, so now let's move into the NFL ranks. And 
you got a couple picks, don't you? I do. I have I have I have three picks for us. Um, right. I consider myself more of a more of an NFL head than a college football head. Um, that has since changed. Um, you know, since my younger days, I was definitely more of a college football fan. But uh, I pay very close attention to this NFL season. And what I really, really love uh, are these first two picks that I have, those being uh, Cleveland Browns versus Tennessee Titans under 54 points is when I locked this in. Uh, that line has since moved uh, to under 53. And the reason I love this play is because Bo bust out the bells, bust out, bust out the Christmas music because it is tractor Cito season, baby. We are going to see... Derrick Henry running all over folks for the next month. And I am so excited to watch this run game finally kick into gear in the later part of the month or at the later part of the season, as we've seen in the past with these Mike Rabel led football teams. Um, So, you know, it's that, it's that time of year and they're meeting a Cleveland Browns team. That's kind of finding their offensive identity as kind of a running team as well. I mean, both of these teams, I think, are first and third in total rushing offense. Um, so to me, this game kind of signals a uh, keep it on the ground kind of game, grind it out. Um, and I really just don't see a very high point total. I mean, when you look at last week and what the Titans did to the Colts, uh, you know, going up, I, I believe it was 28 points at halftime. I don't think that will happen again, um, especially when you have such a defensive presence like Miles Garrett setting the edge for Cleveland. Um, I, I think both teams are going to establish a running game. They keep the clock moving, a bit of slower scoring. I can kind of see this as being kind of a 27 to 24 type of game. Um, so even with the line moving from 54 to 53, um, it'll, it'll, it'll be close. We'll be sweating, uh, but I still see the under hitting here. And like I said earlier, I absolutely hate unders, but I yeah, think yeah. Uh, I think just the run game alone and how effective these two teams are at running the ball, I think it keeps the clock moving, and I think these two defenses make a couple stands, and I think the under fifty three hits. Yeah, I like that pick, man. It's uh, again, you're getting value. I mean, especially when the number keeps on dropping, and I'm sure it'll drop one more, if not half a point tomorrow. Um, you know, yeah, and that's always how it works, doesn't it? Vrabel, at the end of the year, when it's super cold outside, gives the ball, just gives the rock to Henry. This is like the first year that I remember where Henry was leading, like from game one to now, he was actually the best rusher in the league. I mean, I remember last year, I, I didn't hear of Henry, and then he had that 99-yard touchdown run, and then after that, it was just give the Henry the ball every single play. But yeah. – uh I mean, yeah, I like the 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 pick here. Um, you know, two running teams. If the Browns were smart, they would stack the box and make Ryan Tannehill beat them. And Ryan Tannehill, he's playing well, but when you got Olivier Vernon and Miles Garrett, as you said, on the corners rushing the passer, I mean, the Tennessee's line is good, but they're not. That's not their strong suit is pass protection. You know, I I just feel like Derrick Henry. He he might get thirty five carries this game. And yeah, on the other side of the ball, Nick Chubb and and Kareem Hunt, you know they're carrying that offense as well. So, whenever two teams are running teams, that's generally means it's going to be a low scoring game because you know the clock's going to be running constantly. I, I I see a lot of value in this is in this under pick. 
Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Yeah, no, it's going to be, it's going to be a ground and pound old fashioned kind of NFL game here. Um, and I'm excited to watch it, man. This is, this is one of the games I'm most excited to watch. Um, just because these two teams are, are, are definitely going to be playoff caliber teams. Um, and I, I'm just excited to watch them square off. This could be an AFC, uh, AFC preview that we have here. So I'm very excited for it. That other pick yeah. that I mentioned, um, along the same vein, that I'm really excited for this week um, is uh, Colts minus three um, at the Houston Texans. Uh, And I locked it in at minus three earlier this week. Uh, The line has since moved to minus three and a half. I hate the hook in this game. (laughs) I I really hate the hook uh, for this game. Uh, But the the Texans are suffering a big loss, obviously not having a fuller, on the field uh, because of the inability, the inability to lay off the juice. Uh, you know, the guy uh, got suspended uh, and not to mention the Texans, I feel like uh, kind of have an inflated sense of having a competent offense uh, since they've come off playing some terrible, terrible defenses the last few weeks. Um, so I think Rivers has a pretty solid bounce back game um, after that loss to the Texans, or I'm sorry, the Titans. Uh, I think Rivers has a good game uh, against a shaky Texans defense. And I think the Colts uh, kind of just bounce back against Deshaun and the Texans. And I think the Colts cover minus three on the road. My recommendation, buy the hook uh, and go with minus three. I don't think I would feel real comfortable with minus three and a half. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm all over this as well. This is a, this is a game I'm also betting uh, right when you mentioned it to me, you know, it, I put it in minus three. Um, and you, as you said, Fuller is out with PEDs and, you know, steroid use, but I didn't know if you, I think this was broke yesterday or maybe two days ago, their best defensive player, actually not JJ Watts, obviously the best, but their best cornerback, Bradley Roby actually got busted with the same thing. So he's out as well. (laughs) So their best receiver, their best weapon on offense and their best cover guy on defense to an already defense that is bad. I mean, yeah. now that Roby's out, Vernon Hargraves, who would be a nickel back on most teams, who would who would be a starting nickel, is their best corner. Yeah, I just don't see this. I mean, you, you're afraid of the hook. I actually think the Colts are gonna are dominate this game. I see it as kind of like uh, I think the Colts can easily get thirty. I mean, the mm-hmm. Texans they'll put up points too. If I had to bet something other than the spread, I might take the over because I think the Colts' defense is kind of getting exposed a little bit. Yeah, they're they're good, but I mean, over the past couple of weeks, they've they've kind of been kicked around a little bit. Yeah, you know, I yeah. yeah over over fifty one. I, I I could definitely see that happening. As like you said, Colts putting up thirty alone. I mean, just Philip Rivers with his access to weapons, like uh, you know T Y Hilton, even though he's gone pretty much under the radar this year. Um, and the, the Colts running game is, is pretty outstanding as well. Um, I, I see this being kind of a higher scoring game. Um, and, and, you know, the Vegas kind of also indicates that because it's one of the, uh, one of the highest point totals for the week. Um, yeah. but I, could, I could definitely see that going over as well. Yeah. And, you know, I, I probably out of all the picks we're doing this way, I am the most confident in this pick minus three Colts against the Texans who are beat up you know, PEDs are affecting their defense and offense. And I mean, Sean, Deshaun Watson's playing great, but I don't think he can 
lead the team past past this Colts team. I mean, it's it's basically one guy versus the world right now with Deshaun Watson. He's playing great, but the team around him, they need to get weapons around him. So Colts minus three, easy, easy play for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like Deshaun Watson, you know, I'm I'm about to make a Deshaun Watson to Jared Goff comparison. So, so don't freak out. Don't turn this podcast (laughs) off, but I'm going to compare the two because I feel like those two, um, even though they play two very different styles of quarterback, I feel like Jared Goff and and Deshaun Watson uh, operate best when uh, they have the play action to rely off, and they're not the only one trying to make a play. I think Deshaun Watson has a history of just trying to kind of do too much, uh, extend plays by too much, uh, instead of kind of making the smart play, either throwing it away or living to see another down. Um, I feel like decision-making gets affected when he's the one who has to make all the plays um, so just another reason why I really love uh, I love this pick just because he's got, he's been stripped of kind of his 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 lone weapon on offense. So um, obviously they have, they got Johnson running the rock too, um, which definitely helps. But you know not having not having a, a top caliber wide receiver like you know DeAndre Hopkins, um, you know definitely hurts him this week. So I like I said and like you said, definitely love the pick. Um, yeah. could definitely, even, even with the hook, uh, now that, now that we're kind of bouncing it back and forth, um, I could definitely see them covering regardless. Hey, that's what we do, man. We, we convince each other of the thinking. But, uh, yeah, so you, you got one more game. For I you? do. I do. And this is a homer pick, man. You know, this is, uh, this is a, a Southern California, a special here. Um, I'm going to ride with my boys, the Rams here. Um, Rams over 24 and a half team total points. Um, you know, I, I'm a diehard Rams fan, as you know, Bo. Uh, I've been watching these guys all year for the past, you know, you know, since – I was eight years old, um, but uh, Jared Goff and the Rams are coming off of man one of a, a, a remarkably bad offensive outing versus the 49ers. Um, you know, it's a tough conference matchup, um, but really all that proved to me uh, was nothing more than the fact that uh, Shanahan really has Sean McVay's number. Um, you know, uh, Shanahan is, I believe, five and zero against Sean McVay at this point. Um, since Sean has taken over the Rams uh, head coaching position. Um, but uh, with the Cardinals and, and Cliff Kingsbury, who the Rams are playing this week, um, you know, they have also uh, the Cardinals have also proved to be remarkably inconsistent, uh, especially on offense this season and historically um, kind of going back to last year when, when uh, Cliff Kingsbury took over Um and, and, and this is specifically against the Rams, I, I have to add as well. Um, you know, the Rams in the past six times we've met with the Cardinals, we have scored over 31 points every single time we've met, dating back to 2017. Granted, new year, new season, new team uh, for the Cardinals, especially with that addition of uh, DeAndre Hopkins on offense. Um, but I see a very similar result this week. High-scoring shootout, and to me, no doubt uh, the Rams will break 27 points this week, bouncing back of an awful performance. Um, just with my history of watching the Rams play football, uh, I know when when Sean McVay is at the helm, um, when you have a bad week, expect that bounce-back week. 
especially offensively. So to me, over 24 and a half hits with ease, um, I would even say probably in the third quarter. Okay. Yeah, I, I like that pick too. And I mean, I'm one of the people that took the Rams last week. You know, I had a minus six and a half. And, you know, I, I pretty much marked it down to this year. I didn't realize the, the head coaching numbers uh, with McVay and Shanahan. But, I mean, the 49ers have their number this year. I mean, sometimes that's just how it goes. I mean, the Rams are the best team, one of the best teams in the NFL when they're not playing the 49ers, yeah. I think. Yeah. And, you know, I think they bounce back with ease this week. I, I'm curious to, to watch that Jalen Ramsey, DeAndre Hopkins matchup. That'll be a good matchup. And – you know, like you said, the Cardinals are inconsistent. They're and I, I legitimately think something is wrong with Kyler Murray. I mean, ever since that Monday night game, he tweaked his shoulder a little bit. He was getting it stretched out, and I mean, last week was just—you could tell something was was bothering him. Yeah. And I don't know if they're just keeping it a secret and letting him play or what, but I mean, he's—I think something is clearly wrong with him. Uh, Twenty-four and a half was the number. Yes. Yeah. 24 and a half uh, total team points. I'm, I'm going over on that. Um, and and it, it's just it's one of those scenarios, man, where, uh, you know, the Rams just they have so many offensive weapons. They have, um, you know, with Cooper Cup, with, uh, you know, Tyler Higgins, even at tight end emerging as a real threat uh, on that offense. Malcolm Brown and the kind of the three headed monster with uh, Cam Akers. And uh, Daryl Henderson in the backfield, um, you know, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods on, in, the, in the receiving core. I mean, there's just so many options to go to with playmakers, not to mention what's McVay's offense with that constant motion fly sweep, getting the uh, getting the defense moving before the snap and having to make adjustments. Um, I just see that as a problem for this Cardinals defense. Uh, and like you said, man, I'm really excited, especially with the Rams defense this year. Um, just an incredible improvement from last year. Um, obviously, adding Brandon Staley as the defensive coordinator um, instead of Wade Phillips, who I love Wade Phillips, but the scheme really didn't match the talent that we had. Um, you know, playing man on man, you know, straight up one on one, you know, man coverage. I think with our zone defense uh, and Staley at the helm, uh, you know, uh, and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on the defensive side of the ball. The Rams have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Not even, not even biased in saying that. Um, I have I never seen a team clamp down so hard in the second half as the Rams do. I mean, and and not only that, but I feel um, if the Rams go into halftime with a lead, as they have 32 other times since Sean McVay has uh, took over as head coach, they're going to win this football game. Uh, I mean, you can, yeah. here, here's my, my free pick, okay? If the Rams are up at halftime, and, and I'm sure a lot of people have seen this half, this stat, uh, whether it's on a Monday night primetime game, like the Bucks game, um, but if the Rams are up in half, they are 32-0 and 0 against, it, you know, just winning the football game. So if, if you want a second-half bet and you're seeing the Rams are, are winning at halftime – Go ahead and smash that money line because the Rams are most likely going to win that football game. Absolutely. Yeah, and, I mean, everything, obviously, you know this team closely. And, you know, that's that's one of the rules. I mean, besides last week, I usually never bet my favorite team. But, I mean, I might change that because I actually know 
the team better than any other team. And obviously, you know, the Rams better than any other team. And I'm with you. I mean, I think the Rams are underrated defense. They don't get enough respect on the defensive side. I think Goff will bounce back. I think they need to run the ball a little more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, I, I like the weapons they got on offense. And, you know, the Cardinals are just, I think the Cardinals are playing down to what, I thought they would be, you know, I, I see them as a nine and seven, eight and eight team and that's how they're playing right now. So, you know, I like that pick and uh, you know, we'll see what happens with that game. Absolutely, man. What are you, uh, what are you looking at for the uh, NFL Sunday slate? So I had the Colts. Uh, I was on the Colts with you minus three. We discussed that and I only did one more, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm the opposite of you, you know, in, in regards to you're more of an NFL picking guy you know, betting wise, and I'm more of a college. And uh, that was pretty evident last week and the week before. I mean, I'm only one in four in the bets the last two weeks uh, with, with NFL picks. So busting it down to just two picks this week, Colts minus three. I also like Denver versus Kansas City under 52. Yeah. And, you know, look, if you saw the first score of these two teams, you might be wondering what the heck I'm doing. Because I think the I th- I don't have the score in front of me, but I think Kansas City beat the Broncos forty three to seventeen, if I'm not mistaken, um, the first time they played. But a lot, I mean, a lot went on in that game. That was one of Pat Mahomes' worst games as a pro. I mean, he I, I think he had one touchdown pass, one or two interceptions, if I'm not mistaken. He only threw the ball for two hundred yards, and the offense just didn't look good. There was a Chiefs defensive touchdown a Chiefs special teams touchdown and the Broncos had two more turnovers that gave the Chiefs the ball within the red zone of Kansas City. So that score is inflated. Um, yeah. I think these two defenses are uh, better than what a lot of people give them credit for, especially Kansas City. Kansas City is playing really good defensively, I think. And, you know, Denver on the season is only allowing 220 yards passing a game. I think they – you know, the last couple times they played Mahomes, he hasn't had, like, groundbreaking numbers like he has been, world-beating numbers. You know, just looking at these teams, second time second time playing each other, I think adjustments will be made. And I think it's a lot closer game with Denver having their quarterbacks, actually. It might not be a close game, but it's going to be closer than 43-17 or whatever the score was in, you know, back in the early weeks. So, Give me the under 52 on this. And, you know, I just think a lot of things are going to be cleaned up. And I think Denver actually, you know, comes out and plays a little defense this game. Yeah, I I, I really like that pick, too, especially when you put in context that, you know, um, out of the, out of that 43, it was a, a defensive touchdown, a special teams touchdown. And then, uh, you know, turnovers being costly, um, kind of on, on Denver's side of the field. I like that play. I think uh, mostly because I feel like Denver um, Denver's going to probably try to play pretty conservatively just to keep it close. Um, so I, I think they're kind of going to try to rely on their defense, which, I, you know, I really haven't watched a lot of Denver Broncos games this season just because, to be honest, without them having Vaughn Miller and especially last week when they were without even a quarterback um, – Kind of, that was, I mean, it's just, it's borderline unwatchable when, when that, um, you know, it's like watching the Niners a, a couple of weeks ago when they're, you know, they have 17 players out with either COVID or, or injuries. Um, you know, I, that Denver Broncos team is uh, kind of in a really tough spot. 
Do you know who's playing quarterback for them this week? I believe it's Drew Locke. I mean, the, the, no, uh, they had the practice squad guy Hinton because uh, I believe their backup quarterback had COVID and then the others weren't wearing masks in a, in a meeting. So technically none of the quarterbacks were allowed to play in the game. So that's why, uh, you know, Locke and, and uh, Blake Bortles couldn't suit up. So yeah. it should be Locke if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, I'm looking at it right now. Drew, Drew Locke is uh, slated to be back under center, which is, uh, which is good news for Broncos fans out there. Um, so I, I think with, with having Drew Locke back, I think this team's in a lot better shape um, to keep the game competitive and to keep it close. And you know what, man? I, I, I hate to throw in this X factor because uh, it's not you know statistically backed or anything like that. But when you just put into context conference games, especially in the NFL, anything can happen, man. It, it's kind of yeah. – it goes to that any given Sunday mentality of, um, you know, you know, the Raiders had no business beating the Chiefs this year, but they, you know, come in, come into Arrowhead and beat them at home. I mean, it's one of those things, man, where especially with the AFC West, if if it's a if it's an interconference matchup, anything can happen. So I think I think the under uh, is a good pick. I think Denver keeps it close or at least closer than it was uh, at the beginning of the year. And I think that under uh, in good shape. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. That's one of the more I'm scared of. But then looking at the stats, I mean, I just can't see the same results happening. So I think Denver, like you said, has a more conservative game plan, and hopefully they can move the ball a little bit and run some clock. But, yeah, I mean, that's – I think that'll, you know, put a bow on everything as far as picks are concerned. I think we went into great detail about each and every game, and, you know, I'm, uh, I'm feeling pretty excited about the games today and the games tomorrow. Absolutely, man. I'm, 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 I'm so pumped for another great slate of football, man, you know, through this whole thing, um, you know, throughout 2020, it's been obviously a very, very difficult year for everyone. And, you know, being able to, to sit down and make these picks and just let my brain melt in a chair and watch, you know, 30 hours of football during the weekend. Uh, it is definitely, uh, it's definitely the vacation, the weekly vacation that I need. So. Um, There's nothing, yeah, better, nothing, nothing better than, than football season. Nothing better, man. That's the absolute best dude. <laughs> but anyway, man, that'll, uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, thanks for coming on the show and hopefully down the road, man, you, uh, you join me again. I loved, uh, talking football with you and we, we definitely got to do this again for sure. Absolutely brother. Yeah, no, it was great being on, um, you know, glad, glad to talk shop with you. And uh, would love to come back on the pod again, man. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely, man. All right. That'll uh, do it for us, like I said. So I hope you all have a good weekend, uh, good college football and NFL weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you on Tuesday.